Virat Nariman remembers the kiss. Then he remembers the storm of bullets, the shattering of glass, sharp pain blossoming on hundred spots on his flesh, the taste of blood in his mouth. He remembers one hail of thunderous gunfire being silenced by another. He remembers the sky, a plane in the higher atmosphere, bearing people, going somewhere special. Virat was going to take Nirmala on a holiday. What happened to her? He can't see her. He can't sense her body. He doesn't see a blinding flash of light or the faces of his victims. No tunnels. No angels. Definitely no angels. Nirmala. Nirmala. Why can he remember all these sensory details but not know what happened to her? Why? 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 This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 1 of His Night Begins. wakes up. He hears horses in the distance. There is an old man dressed like he's about to go on a jungle safari sitting next to him. He looks like a less handsome version of a tanned Santa Claus. His nose is bent. Scars made by knives crisscrosses his arms. Virat notices his arms because the man's hands bear bloody bandages. His wounds are being cleaned. You keep saying why, the old man says. What? Virat tries to say, but it comes out as a croak. He coughs uncontrollably. The man gives him some water. How many months? Virat asks. He was not tempted to ask how many days, because he knows instinctively that it would take months to recover from the trauma inflicted on him by scores of bullets that had carved into his flesh. He knows he has been shot multiple times. Five months, the man says. Virat sighs. He has clearly woken up many times before, but the cocktail of healing drugs and... What's that smell? Marijuana. It was an excellent healing agent. 
I am Suketu Prashad. I was a field medic and a commando with the 50th Paratrooper Regiment, the man said. The name rang a bell. The surgical strike team from the early 90s. And I owe it to Chetiar to ensure that you are able to walk out of here without leaking from the bullet wounds on your torso. I mean, it's a real testament to your genetics that you've healed so fast. Most people would have been dead in a week, the man says. Virat notices the bags of antibiotics and saline solution next to the bed. The clear liquid dripping into tubes and snaking down into his veins. What happened to Nirmala? Virat asks. It is time you jumped onto that, the man says, avoiding the question and pointing to a wheelchair. <laughs> Suketu struggles to load all six feet five inches of Virat onto the wheelchair. Pain arcs through the channels that run up and down Virat's body. His bones feel unstable. His flesh feels like they have been held together with superglue. Raw and throbbing agony makes him bite his lips as he sinks into the chair. There is a desire to move, to progress, to transform. But what he hears next extinguishes that flame in his soul. Suketu rolls Virat out onto the veranda of the farmhouse made from red bricks and timber trimmings. A farm in the outskirts of Sholapur. Sugarcane on one side as far as I can see, like a green army waving scythes. On the left is a shed with an old jeep and tools hanging on metal racks nailed to wooden walls. There is a water pump outside, dripping constantly. To the right is a corral with three beautiful horses. The man hands Virat a cup of coffee. Drink it, he says. It is from Kurg. I order in the beans and uh, grind it myself. It's good. Nirmala, Virat says, accepting the cup. She passed. She took most of the bullets to her head, the man says. That's why Virat didn't remember her. There was nothing left of her. Chetiar's men arrived in time and took out the assassination squad working for people he called the Syndicate. He saved you, but your girlfriend was long gone. I am sorry to break this news to you. Virat watches the horses standing still in the late afternoon breeze. They don't make a noise. He drops the coffee mug on the floor. It shatters like his psyche. The thought of revenge that would have once propelled him now screams feebly under his bandaged flesh. He realizes that he had loved Nirmala, that she was the only person other than Anya that he had ever truly loved that he never told her he loved her. Or did he? 
he couldn't remember. Your ex-wife is under police protection, and your son, well, no one knows, Suketu says. The information registers somewhere, but a numbness is creeping into his inner sanctum. Virat wants to care. He wants to go and protect what is left of his family. But the sun has set on his fury. The darkness creeps into his eyes. He passes out. He keeps staring at those damn horses. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Suketu says into the phone. Chetiar is on the line inquiring about his friend Virat. It has been a month since Suketu broke the news about Nirmala to Virat. His physical strength has returned. But he refuses to walk. Just sits there. His will is broken, I think. Mm, I, I will keep at it, the man kept saying. Sugetu puts the phone down and approaches Virat from behind. He is not happy about the fact that he has failed to cut through this man's grief. A man who is now a shadow of his former self. A man who now wears a crown of wavy hair and a bushy beard sprinkled with grey highlights. Previously, vacant stares from Virat had greeted Suketu's attempts to inspire him. But Suketu was going to keep trying. He was a paratrooper. They were not made of melted butter. He didn't bother asking Virat if he wanted dinner. Like every other night, he rolled the wheelchair to the dining table and rested him in front of a plate of chapati and aloo chole. You must be getting tired of the same meal every night. But it's good. The sabzi is from my farm. Virat ate slowly, and he stared at the swirls made by varnish on the wooden dining table. You know how I got these scars on my hands. It was a cross-border infiltration mission. My parachute malfunctioned and I crashed into a barn in the heart of the enemy territory. They captured and then tortured me for two months straight to get answers. But the men of 50th are a tough breed. <laughs> we don't crack easy. Oh, or that's what they say anyways. Because... Even though I didn't give them any intel, I was ready to die. I wasn't looking for ways to escape. I felt like I had done my duty. All I got for it was pain, and now that I had refused to rat, my commitment to my regiment and my country was done. Play the bugle. Pin the medal on that Indian flag and drape it on my coffin. <laughs> uh, uh, then one fine day, this angel turns up. She's in her twenties, a beautiful woman. 
She unties me. Says, our army is needed. People like me are needed. Our army, our nation is their only salvation. Suketu takes a sip of water and watches Virat. She says to me, Your work is not done, soldier. I looked at myself, cuts and bruises everywhere, missing teeth and nails torn off with pliers. I must have looked like hell. I did not look like a soldier, more like a corpse. But that is what she said to me. Your work is not done, soldier. Something burned in me again. The thought that I am needed. My skills are needed to perform one last deed of valour for this girl and her people. My country needs me. Virat stops eating. Suketu can see that he's paying attention now, even though he doesn't meet the eye of the teller of the tale. I crawled out of there, made my way into the forest. Well, the rest you can guess, because... Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here telling you the story. Vinat sighs. His eyes have lost their vacant stare. Now there is emotion, sadness. Virat, what I want to tell you is this. You are not done. Your work is not done, soldier. I know you have gained enough strength to get off that chair and walk out of here. So walk out of here. Embrace your duty, my son. The phone rings. Suketu speaks into the phone for a bit and then hands it over to Virat. Virat places the phone on his ears. Viru, I am so sorry about Nirmala. I'm sorry I haven't spoken to you in a while. I just didn't have the heart to hear your broken voice, Chetir says. You have nothing to apologize for. You have my heartfelt thanks. Virat utters his first words in months. I have news, Chetir says. The syndicate has reached out to me. They want to meet with you. You can't refuse the meeting because if you do... They will kill your wife. There is a pause, and he hears Chetiar swallowing. They will kill me as well for saving your life, if you don't take the meeting. Organizing this parlay is my get-out-of-jail card, Chetiar says. I hear you. Say yes. I will be ready, Virat says. That night, Suketu hears the electric trimmer being used in the bathroom. He smiles as he drifts off into sleep. 
morning Virat is clean-shaven, looking like a soldier waiting for orders to butcher enemy combatants. Virat has lost his muscle tone, but he is still a formidable man. I need some weights and a gun, Virat says. Getting back into the swing of things, hey? Sukedu says with a smile. The garage has a temporary gym. Some barbells, dumbbells, I, I think a pull-up bar. Back from the days when I used to exercise. Uh, the gun, well, I will have to dig it up from a secret spot. It is a pea shooter, a Glock. I'm sure you wouldn't use it in your line of work, but to get a bit of aiming practice in, it'll be just fine, I think. Suketu says, Virat nods. A month passes without any news from Chetiar. A month of functional training. Running, squats, shoulder presses, push-ups, deadlifts, back-breaking work around the farm. You can come back and train here any time you want. <laughs> Suketu says jokingly, gazing at the improvements Virat made to the farm. New fencing, new irrigation channels, three new sheds, and a larger corral for the horses. The killer has a soft spot for horses. When you are done with your duty, you can come back here, son and take over the farm. I will be done by then, buried underneath that mango tree over there, Suketu says. Virat is not entirely averse to the idea. To avoid spooking the horses, the hitman hikes up a nearby hill and practices his firing on old beer cans from Suketu's drinking days. His shot is a bit off, during the first few weeks. Nirmala's memories flood into his veins, throwing him off his aim. But then the killer instinct returns. The mind becomes the arm, becomes the gun. The eye becomes the arm, becomes the blade. Man and weapon united in purpose to become a lethal weapon. He is ready and he is impatient. His body still hurts, but he's ready to do his duty, whatever that might be. One Sunday afternoon, Virat jogs down the hill with a 30 kilo backpack and enters the farmhouse to find Suketu nodding and umming and eyeing into the fawn. Virat unloads the pack and sinks into the couch. His hands press together in anticipation his eyes reading Suketu's lips. Suketu gets off the phone and says, It's time. <laughs> <laughs>